Welcome to the Course in Miracles podcast. Before the ayahuasca, before the... Lesson 166. I am in... I am entrusted with the gifts of God. Admit it, you're slacking a little bit. Admit it. Admit it, you're drifting. You're drifting off just a little bit. Or perhaps I am projecting just a little bit. I, uh... I have been slacking the last couple of days, and I'm going to make an effort. I'm going to play catch-up. I'm going to work through. It's like the last three lessons I didn't quite work as thoroughly as I could have. So um, that's okay. If, if all you're doing is listening to the lesson first thing in the morning and paying attention the best you can, Maybe for now, that's okay. Maybe for eternity, that's okay. So, good stuff. I have been seeing, I've been having more and more miraculous things happen, and it's really quite beautiful. And as the Course says, miracles should inspire gratitude, not awe. So you're not supposed to relate to a miracle like, oh, you know, like you're seeing the burning bush. You're just supposed to go, oh, cool. Thanks, God. So miracles are natural. And when they are not happening, something's gone wrong. And so our job in working these 365 daily lessons is to purify our thinking and align it with the Holy Spirit so the Holy Spirit can work his miracles through us, for us, and all around us. I'm just going to jump right into it. A Lesson 166, I am entrusted with the gifts of God. All things are given you. God's trust in you is limitless. He knows his son he gives without exception, holding nothing back that could contribute to your happiness. And yet, unless your will is one with his, his gifts are not received. But what would make you think there is another will than his? Here is the paradox that underlies the making of the world. The world is not the will of God, and so it is not real. So, again, to reiterate... Uh, because that violent act that happened on your street was not the will of God, it was not real. So what happened in the world, when, when something horrific happens in the world, because it is not the will of God, it is not real. Yet those who think it real must still believe there is another will, and one that leads to opposite effects from those he wills. Impossible indeed, but every mind that looks upon the world and judge, judges it as certain, solid, trustworthy, and true believes in two creators, or in one himself, or in one himself alone, but never in one God. The gifts of God are not acceptable to anyone who holds such strange beliefs. He must believe that to accept God's gifts, however evident they may become, However urgently he may, be to call, he may be called to claim them as his own is to be pressed to treachery against himself. 
He must deny their presence, contradict the truth, and suffer to preserve the world he made. So I've seen this in, like, the atheists in the recovery community, right? So the traditional recovery community is rooted in God. It is all about God. But there are sort of, like, atheist sects, sects, S-E-C-T-S, within the recovery community that are essentially denying the gift that was given to them by God. So it's kind of funny. It's sort of funny to see them given this gift and then insisting still that there's no God. Here is the only home he thinks he knows. Here is the only safety he believes that he can find. Without the world he made, is he an outcast, homeless and afraid? He does not realize that it is here he is afraid indeed and homeless too. An outcast wandering from so far from home, so long away, he does not he does not realize he has forgotten where he came from, where he goes, and even who he really is. Yet in his lonely, senseless wanderings, God's gifts go with him, all unknown to him. He cannot lose them, but he will not look at what is given him. He wanders on, aware of the futility he sees about him everywhere, perceiving how perceiving how his little lot but dwindles as he goes ahead to nowhere. Still he wanders on in misery and poverty, alone though God is with him, and a treasure his and a treasure his so great that everything the world contains is valueless before its magnitude. He seems a sorry figure, weary, worn, in threadbare clothing, and with feet that bleed a little a little from the rocky road he walks. No one but has identified with him, for everyone who comes here has pursued the path he follows and has felt defeat and hopelessness as he is feeling them. Yet is he really tragic? When you see that he is following the way he chose and need but realize who walks with him and open up his treasures to be free. I'm going to read that again. Yet is he really tragic when you see that he is following the way he chose and but and need but realize who walks with him and open up his treasures to be free. There we go. This is your chosen self, the one you made as a replacement for reality. This is the self you savagely defend against all reason, every evidence, and all the witnesses with proof to show this is not you. You heed them not. You go on your appointed way with eyes cast down lest you might catch a glimpse of truth and be released from self-deception and set free. So this is kind of like the person, I think that what this is, would be referring to, an example of a person this is referring to is, you know, just the militant atheist. Who was that one guy? Uh, Christopher Hitchens. Christopher Hitchens. Watch some of his interviews. Just go on YouTube and, and watch this nihilistic atheist guy. He just seems like... He's just not the most fun guy. His just his whole life was about disproving or insisting, being insistent regarding the non-existence of God. And I don't think I saw him smile once, you know? And you could argue that God got him along the entire way. That God was with him kind of laughing the entire time and it's just that insistence that there's no God. It's really quite comical. The insistence, it's not comical to believe that there's no God, but it's that the digging in, that, that atheistic insistence, that clinging to that ego positionality. Right? 
You cower fearfully, lest you should feel Christ's touch upon your shoulder and perceive his gentle hand directing you to look upon your gifts. How could you then proclaim your poverty in exile? He would make you laugh at this perception of yourself. Where is self-pity then? And what becomes of all the tragedy you sought to make for him whom God intended only joy? Your ancient fear has come upon you now, and justice has caught up with you at last. Christ's hand has touched your shoulder, and you feel that you are not alone. You even think the miserable self you thought was you may not be your identity. Perhaps God's word is truer than your own. Perhaps his gifts to you are real. Perhaps he has not wholly been outwitted by your plan to keep his son in deep oblivion and go the way you chose without yourself. God's will does not oppose. It merely is. It is not God you have imprisoned in your plan to lose your it is not God you have imprisoned in your plan to lose yourself. He does not know about a plan so alien to his will. There was a need he did there was a need he did not understand to which he gave an answer. That is all. And you who have this answer given you have need no more of anything but this. Now do we live, for now we cannot die. The wish for death is answered, and the sight that looked upon it now has been replaced by vision which perceives that you are not what you pretend to be. One who walks with you, who gently answers all your fears with this one, with this one merciful, one who walks with you, who gently answers all your fears with this one merciful reply. It is not so. He points to all the gifts you have each time the thought of poverty oppresses you and speaks of his companionship when you perceive yourself as lonely and afraid. So I'm broke. It is not so. I'm hungry. It is not so. I'm lonely. It is not so. And so he points to all the gifts you have each time the thought of poverty oppresses you and speaks of his companionship when you perceive yourself as lonely and afraid. Yet he reminds you still of one thing more you had forgotten, for his touch on you has made you like himself. The gifts you have are not for you alone. What he has come to offer you, you now must learn to give. This is the lesson that his giving holds, for he has saved you from the solitude you sought to make in which to hide from God. He has reminded you of all the gifts that God has given you. He speaks as well of what becomes your will when you accept these gifts and recognize they are your own. The gifts are yours, entrusted to your care, to give to all who chose the lonely road you have escaped. They do not understand, but they do not understand they but pursue their wishes. It is you who teach them now. For you have learned of Christ, there is another way to, for them to walk. Teach them by showing them that happiness that comes to those who feel the touch of Christ and recognize God's gifts. Let sorrow not tempt you to be unfaithful to your trust. Your sighs will now betray the hopes of those who look to you for their release. Your tears are theirs. If you are sick, you but withhold their healing. What you fear but teaches them, their fears are justified. Your hand becomes the giver of Christ's touch. Your change of mind becomes the proof 
that who accepts God's gifts can never suffer anything. You are entrusted with the world's release from pain. Betray it not. Become the living proof of what Christ's touch can offer everyone. God has entrusted all his gifts to you. Be witness in your happiness to how transformed the mind becomes which chooses to accept his gifts and feel the touch of Christ. Such is your mission now. For God entrusts the giving of his gifts to all who have received them. He has shared his joy with you. And now you go to share it with the world. So you are entrusted. Lesson 166. You are entrusted with the gifts of God. Lesson 166. I am entrusted with the gifts of God. So God has given you this beautiful gift. He entrusts or these gifts, he's given you these beautiful gifts. He entrusts you with them. He knows that you are up to lesson 166 in this Course in Miracles. And he knows that you've been doing a good job, even though you haven't been perfect. You've been spiritually uh, progressive versus spiritually perfect. And that's okay. And perhaps because of all that, he entrusts you with his miraculous gifts. God loves you. Be good. Have a beautiful day. Talk to you tomorrow on the Course in Miracles podcast. Bye-bye.